Hello, welcome to Reframing Mindset Podcast. We are clear minded of the thoughts that are preventing clarity. Practice my speech, among other things. Episodes range from informative knowledge to funny stories about my experiences, and in the future, maybe include interviews. So subscribe and enjoy. Episodes drop every other day. Colin? Yeah, you hear me? Barely. Alright. Alright, so barely. You hear me better now? Yeah, a little better now, yeah, man. Alright, uh, so, so, you know, welcome to your name, your name, Miles. I know it's known as Liam. <laughs> so, before we get into it, let's just mention some things. Your name is known for. He's a travel blogger, a minimalist. The average Jamaican, you know, as the average people view a Jamaican, a UA graduate, an aspiring YouTuber, among other things with the public. So, welcome to the Reframe Mindset podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, well, today I'm, I'm doing good today. Not much to complain about. Glad to be here on your podcast. It's been a while. It's been a it's been a long time coming. All right, cool. You know, so let's get into the interview. So, you know, we, we meet up on UA and Chris Daniels, but you know, before then, it's been a long journey until then. So let's let's just start from the journey to you. Tell us where did you grow up? Or what primary school and high school you went to? What was it like? And what eventually made you decide to go to University of the West Indies and Assam Preston Hall as the place to go? Well, I grew up in this tiny town called, or rural town called Silo in St. Elizabeth, Jamaica. And at the age of six, I, my family moved to a, a house that they, that they built for themselves in a place called Balaclava, Phoenix Park, Balaclava, St. Elizabeth. And um, from there, I went to the Santa Cruz Primary and Junior High. And then from Santa Cruz Primary, I did GSAT, passed for Manchester High School. I spent, I spent seven years there, straight up to Upper Six. And um, from Upper Six, I went to University of the West Indies. Now, what inspired me to go to the University of the West Indies was, of course, its tradition and the career that I wanted to go into, which was dentistry, required that uh, a university degree is a must have, of course. But when I started university, of course, things change because of circumstances, and I switched major. So I majored in management studies and accounting. So that's what I did my bachelor's degree in. How did you end up choose Preston as a place to, to dorm? Well, I chose Preston because I saw some of the pictures online during um, in sixth form when we were choosing the halls to, to live on. 
I was doing the research and I saw some of the pictures online of Preston Hall. And as you know, they call Preston Sanders, Miami. That if, if, if I'm correct, if I remember correctly. They call it Sanders, Miami, and I saw the pictures online and they looked really good. Um, it reminded me of home because of how, it, how it's set up, how it's designed. So I was really interested in living on Preston over um, the other traditional halls, for instance, Chancellor and Taylor, because those are um, pretty traditional. And I, I, I'm not somebody who likes regular things, or traditional things. So Preston had a good appeal um, to me. Well, I mentioned before what you chose to study at UWE, and but you know, next question will be so you came on Preston, I think maybe two years or so before me. So you're supposed to have a glimpse of this great Preston glory days that everybody always talk about. You know, tell us about your orientation experience, and was it all that you expected it? To be and did it live up to the hype that people talk about? Well, I came uh, to Preston Hall in, in the year of 2012. And um, the year before, I heard that the year before was was more exciting than, than, than the year I was in. But the years following me, orientation was toned down because of new regulations. But my experience was, was very good. It was fun. Um, we we had a lot of challenges to to solve, a lot of challenges to overcome, and uh, the experience was fun overall. But for the for the newer people who came in after me, I would understand that the experience would have been more toned down or different for them. Alright, so tell me about your roomy journey from the double room to the eventual single room in Canada. Well, when I when I just came on Preston in, in first year, I had a a roommate. I can't remember his name right now, but uh, we had we had some experiences. Um, of course, you know, growing up, I never had to share a space with somebody else. So, you this is a new it was a new experience, and I had to adjust with sharing the space with somebody who I didn't know before, never saw before in my life. And um, learning how to adapt to to different behaviors, that was a, a fresh thing, that was a brand new thing that I had to overcome. Um, now I had I had roommates for three years straight. I spent four years on Preston and for the, for the four years, I had a roommate for three of the four. I, I don't have any complaints for the other roommates. Um, I remember Christoph, Christoph Blake. Christoph Blake was a good roommate, you know, quiet guy, cool guy. And um, Kevin, Kevin Wright was my other roommate. Uh, Kevin was a, another cool guy. Uh, no trouble. Um, we used to watch anime together. Well, I would be watching the anime and he would be on the other side of the room, peeping over and watching the anime on the laptop. And um, he was in the same program as I was. So he was in accounting and I was in accounting as well. So he was a good help. He was a year above me studying. So he was a good help um, during during the, the, the course. So I really appreciated having a, a roommate like that. 
And I uh, appreciated having Christopher as a roommate as well because, you know, he's from um, a similar background from from where I'm from. So, roommate journey, um, I had some adjustment to do. But when I finally got to fourth year, um, final year, I had a single room, room for myself. So, it was back to normal. All right, well, you know, mentioned various times that, you know, you switch major and things, so... You can just talk in more details about your experience in science, science and technology and or the faculty that you were in and what made you made that serious decision to say, yeah, it's time to switch. Well, originally I, I was partially accepted into dental, the dental program over at UTech, but of course, um, for various reasons. Um, I didn't proceed with doing dentistry at UTEC. Uh, so I, I started doing um, the sciences in pure and applied faculty, which was later renamed to science and technology. Um, so really, I was in the faculty and studying courses or studying programs that really didn't, um, what would you say, apply to me. Um, I didn't have a passion for these these courses i was just doing them for doing them sake with no direction and um within about three months after starting the year i I said to myself you know this is a waste it's a waste of my time i have no direction i don't know what i'm going to do with um, biology physics and chemistry and um the other course that are science courses that i was doing I, i felt no drive to continue to do to do these courses and I looked into the future and I did my research and I saw that you know these 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 courses or this program that I'm in normally doesn't lead to any worthwhile uh, career um, it would you would have to do a master's or work extremely hard to get into medicine after finishing that three-year degree so I did my analysis and I um I did some research and I figured that you know, it's time to make a switch. It's time to find something that I'm, I'm passionate about or something that will lead to a successful career. So after doing some research, I figured that management studies and accounting was a safe bet. And um, that's, that's where I ended up. So after three months, I snuck into the social sciences faculty. I took up some social sciences courses and um, officially entered into social sciences faculty uh, in my second year. All right. And in your opinion, being here now and looking back, was that a worthwhile decision in the long term, looking back now? Uh, Well, honestly, looking back now, I think that decision to leave the pure and applied faculty and do accounting and management studies as a major was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life because it completely changed the, the trajectory of where uh, where I ended up. So, I mean, if I if I had stayed in pure and applied faculty, I probably wouldn't be where I am at today. And um, I consider, I would consider myself to be in a good position at this moment just because of that decision. So, you start you and you finished before me so you experienced working before, before. So 
tell me your experience from the youth to work with Well, transitioning from university to the working world is a, is a challenge. I mean, I had no experience of what the working world really was like. I didn't do much internships or summer jobs during, during my uh, university tenure. So transferring or, or moving into the working world was a shock. It was a, it was a big, big adaptation for me. Um, but of course, I, I, I learned, I learned a lot and I learned how to adjust uh, to this new environment. And um, I, I, I consider myself to, to have done well um, in, in my first job, in my first career. So I had a lot of challenges to overcome, a lot of learning to do, and um, I overcame them. Um, I know you, you're a minimalist and an optimizer, and a low key, it could be you, but I minimal skills, you know, minimalist skills. So, where did you get that ingrained in you? And tell the audience why, you know, why they should consider becoming a minimalist. Well, minimalism wasn't something that was uh, ingrained into me. It was something that I always did in, in some way, shape, or form. And uh, minimalism is living simply or um, ensuring that you have uh, only key, key items in your life to avoid clutter. So minimalism is basically about living simply. So you can focus on, on things that really matter to you. And I was always this kind of person, but I didn't know that there was a definition behind it. So, you know, during the modern age, the, this new term, minimalism, um, started to gain traction. And I learned about it and I realized that, all right, I'm a part of this movement. Um, whether I chose to be a part of the movement or not, I was naturally a part of it. So I'm somebody who I, I live, try to live simply. I don't have um, a lot of unnecessary items. Um, before before I, I try to acquire anything, I think deeply about it. Um, is this item necessary or is it going to add value to my life before I add it to my life? So I always put a lot of thoughts before um, doing anything before acquiring anything because you don't want to have something um, that's low value and that is taking up space, taking up brain space, taking up physical space. And um, I wouldn't recommend, like, I wouldn't say I would want to recommend this lifestyle to people, but if it's a lifestyle that that resonates with you, um, I would recommend it because. It, it opens up so many doors for you. Um, it, it helps you to clear your mind. It helps you to have a space that is clean and a space where you can um, think of what is really important to you. All right. So you turn your into a journey how 
All right, Colin, I didn't hear that question. Can you repeat that one? Yeah, so you turned your IG into a travel blog. But how has that journey been? Tell us about some cool places that you have been and things you have seen and learned on this journey. And tell us how did you create your travel blog and why should you do it if you are a normal listener or consider doing it? Well, I, I was somebody who I was always interested in traveling. Um, in experiencing uh, new things. So in my first my first job, I did a lot of traveling. Uh, my, my job was about traveling in the first place, traveling to different um, different branches of the business. So during my travels, I had to stay over in different locations of the island for, for weeks. So I used the opportunity to, in, in, in the, the week, weekdays, or on the weekends, I use the opportunity to find a new destination to visit. Um, even though I didn't have company, you know, I said to myself that, all right, I, I can't just be going to work and um, going back home. And that's all that life is about. I had to find something um, to occupy my time. So the first place that I went to was, I think, um, Mystic Mountain. So I was stationed in in town of Ocherius for one of my work work trips and one Sunday I said to myself let me find somewhere fun to go because I can't just be going to work and coming back to the hotel and that's that's all I'm doing I need to find somewhere something fun to do so I, I took myself and I went to Mystic Mountain that's that's the first place I went to and I went to Mystic Mountain by by myself and uh, the next the next place that I went to was the Green Grotto Caves so I went to Green Grottoes when I was stationed in Montego Bay. And uh, one Sunday I was like, you know, um, I went to Mystic Mountain myself the last time. So I can probably go to another place again myself this time again. So I, I searched Google and Google where is the, the nearest fun place to go. And Green Grotto came up and I was like, you know, what, let me let me visit Green Grotto. So I took a trip by myself and I went to Green Grotto. And that's where it's basically started from so my instagram page was just an exhibition was just showing some of the places that um i went to and um eventually i had so many content on the instagram page that i converted it to a travel blog a travel page now some of the other places that i went to uh, was somerset falls i've been to frenchman's cove and I already said um, Mystic Mountain and Green Grotto Caves. I also went to Good Hope, Chuck a Good Hope, which is an excellent place for anybody that wants to have uh, some good fun um, at a affordable cost. So that's Chuck a Good Hope. And um, some various places that are close by to my hometown, so like Oxford River, otherwise known as Noisy River. I've been to multiple places in Negril and multiple places in the hills so in the mountains in the hills that's my favorite place to be up in hollywell or blue mountain so these are just a few places that i've visited so far and the, the journey uh, the journey so far has been good i'm on a break right now on a little pause right now because of the situation that we're facing um in the world but yeah. as soon as it is it is you know ended um, I hope to start traveling the world instead of 
just uh, within Jamaica. So um, I had actually had a trip planned to the country of Peru uh, right before the outbreak happened. Um, so as soon as as that is, um, as soon as travel restrictions have eased, then I think I'll be traveling the world soon. Alright, so tell us about your YouTube channel right now that you're trying to do. What has that been and what what has the reception been like so far? Well starting a YouTube channel has been a challenge um so far. So nothing it's never easy to jump into something new. You have to think about your approach and um you have to market your product. So it's been a challenge so far. I'm not thinking too deeply on it at this moment in time. It is just something that I'm, I am doing for fun. I'm doing as a hobby. And uh, hopefully it will gain traction just by me putting in, um, me exhibiting my, my, my passion for uh, video editing and video creation. Because YouTube has, has provided me with, with new insights on how to improve how to improve myself because after filming every video and editing every video i take the time out to think of how can i improve the next video and i use that to apply to my personal life how can i improve myself you know how can i be a better person so youtube has allowed me to look into an insight like this so as i said I'm not really focused too deeply on YouTube right now. It is more of a hobby. Um, but I'll be consistently putting out videos on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And hopefully it will gain traction soon. And uh, for anybody who is out there who wants to start a YouTube channel, I would say that, of course, you have to put in the work. You have to think about it. But don't think about it too hard. Just start because the longer you think about it is the more doubt that you will have and the longer it will take you to start a youtube channel so if you want to start a youtube channel just don't think about getting um the latest and greatest camera a tripod um, some ring lights or any additional equipment if you have your phone on you just record a video record something that is on your mind and post it that is my advice for anybody who wants to start a YouTube channel right now. Yeah, and I recommend that for anything. That's right here, started basically on the phone that I'm using now, recording with you. And now I have a mic stand and you know, PC set up on me. And that's because you know, eventually the phone, the podcast was actually doing better than I initially thought. And then more opportunities just came in randomly from the podcast that made me just say, you know, I'm just invest more, invest more, and then I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You're just doing it as a hobby, and then all of a sudden, it just comes up out of YouTube. Right, right. So, the next question is, how was living in living in Kingston been like compared to where I've grown up? Well, living in Kingston, um, as, as you know, 
has been a challenge and um it has taken a lot of adjustment as well because it's a new environment it's so different from from where i'm coming from i'm coming from a rural town where there's a lot of vegetation a lot of bushes around um rivers in the backyard uh fruit trees in the backyard when i'm hungry i can go around the back and get something to eat i don't have to you know think about going to the supermarket if i'm hungry or ordering from a food app um if i'm hungry so in that in that aspect living in kingston is a bit different um to living in in a rural town but i appreciate living in 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 this urban area because i'm somebody who is into technology into modern modern day living and um i like the the services that are available uh to me here in kingston there are so many hotspots there's so many restaurants um where where i'm from if if i go to the gas station right now and try to get some gas there there's no card machine for me to use and i'm somebody who i need my card machine i i, I don't use cash whatsoever so services like that not being available in rural areas make me appreciate uh, living in kingston uh, much more of course there are negatives of course um you have you know the crime um increased crime that that that's a big difference between where i'm from and in kingston right now where i'm from in the rural area i can leave my door uh, open i can walk openly in openly in the streets and not have to worry and uh but in kingston you you have to be more mindful in how you operate here and where you go and of course you need to keep your doors and your windows closed but overall living in kingston has been um uh, overall good experience it it has opened more opportunities um up for me i i don't think you anybody would have that kind of opportunity living in in a rural area so that is why you find so many people uh, so many millennials there are so many young people coming to kingston to find a life here uh, what does Kingston that the place you have grown up as has and vice versa? So Kingston, I would say, doesn't have anything. Um, Kingston doesn't have anything. What we're we 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 my 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 rural town has. So there are two completely different areas. As I said, you know, where I'm from, it's in the bushes, a lot of vegetation, fruit trees in the back. There's a river running running in the back. And Kingston is more a concrete jungle. There are no rivers here. There are barely no trees here. If I'm hungry right now, I can't go to the back and pick a breadfruit from the tree or pick a banana or pick a apple from the tree. And it's two completely different environments, two completely different worlds. So, goal settings and financial planning. Tell us about how these two things have helped you achieve aspirations. Well, goal setting is a very important um, objective for, for, for everybody. Because if you don't have a goal, if you don't have goals working towards, then you will become depressed or you, you won't have anything to look forward to. So you have to have goals working towards in life 
Otherwise, you will never be successful because people define success as having a good job or having an expensive car or a nice house. But success is driven by the goals that you set. So you set your goals and you achieve these goals and that is what drives success. So goal setting is very important and it has realizing this has helped me to grow as a person and to fulfill um, my objectives in life. And financial planning is also very important, um, especially for us millennials out there in the world. Um, we have so many obstacles facing us. Um, if you look even at the housing market uh, today in, this, in our day and age, the housing market is very tough, very sticky for, for us to actually get into. So if you have any aspirations of owning a home, then you really have to start investing soon. So the, if you're in university right now and you're about, about to graduate this year and the first paycheck that you get from your first job, I would suggest that you invest it. Not save, because saving is not going to get you anywhere. You have to invest your money. If you save, you're simply wasting your time, you're wasting money. And if you, if you think that you're going to save, save yourself into retirement, then you are in for a rude awakening. So financial planning is very important for us, especially us millennials here. Otherwise, you, you won't achieve any of your desires or any of the objectives that you have in life. I didn't hear that question. Colin, can you repeat that one? Yeah, yeah. The last question is, what ideally do you have planned for the rest of the year? Well, for the year, rest of the year, I, I said that I won't put any solid plans in place because you, you realize what can happen um, when you put plans into place and they don't go to plan. As, as what you noticed with last year, you know, I said that I had plans to visit Peru and um, as soon as I was, I was going to book the ticket, the first case of COVID-19 appeared in the country of Peru. So I had to cancel those plans. And you can see that people have also made plans last year. And they've lost their jobs and other negative effects from this pandemic. So what I've realized is not to take things too seriously sometimes. Just go by, go by the flow. So I don't really have any solid plans um, or any timeline. I have plans, but I don't have a timeline for them anymore. So I have some objectives, I have some goals, but I'm not saying, all right, I need to achieve this by December or I need to achieve this by March 2022. So I'm just going by the flow right now. And whenever they happen is when they happen. All right. And that was the last question. So I just to say thank you, Mr. Miles, for coming on the Repair Master Podcast. We can take this time to mention anything that you want the guests to know about, you know, services or anything that you want the guests to maybe look into you. Well, I just want to say to follow my YouTube channel. Um, I think that the link will be in the description, but if you don't know or if you're not going to see the link in the description the youtube channel 
is Simple Discoveries on YouTube. And um, so thank you for having me. And um, it was good to have this brief chat with you on your podcast. I know it's been a while. It's been a long time that you've been um, asking me to come on. But, you know, I've been busy with a lot of things. Of course, you know that I'm a working man. Um, I have a lot of things doing. But I took the time out to to come on on your podcast today. So thank you for having me again. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> you know, starting it, we have so many problems, but look at that, 31 minutes later, <laughs> it just came up. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, man. Well, this is the end of the episode. Thanks for watching and look forward for the next episode. To support this podcast, go to anchor.fm slash cssb slash support or become a sponsor for this episode. If you have a product that you want to have more exposure, DM me on the Instagram page, Reframing Mindset Podcast, or on Twitter at Reframing P. Either way would help. Thank you regardless for, for listening, and here's a preview for the next episode. So she helped me do that, which was enough. One of those good Samaritan that came in the clutch. And I end up at the at the place, you know. So boom. I'm at the place now, and this place is kinda really bad area. And and the second thing about it is that it's far from Yui. So I had to walk a good distance from there to actually go to Yui. And then a lot of drive never really go come come there, you know. So like every other every day now until the Friday. So the the it was it the Friday, either the Friday or the Thursday was the masquerade. And I think it was the Thursday. But every day now I would actually go into Kingston, downtown Kingston and 